Hello, my name is Brenna Bay, and I'm a Senior Construction Associate here at Edwin Co. Welcome to the fourth podcast in our series about residential construction. The goal of these podcasts is to discuss and address potential pitfalls that often arise on residential construction projects. Numerous of the topics which we will discuss in these podcasts are also covered in our guide entitled What to Know Before You Start Digging a Hole, which can be found on our website. I would highlight that the information within these podcasts is general guidance only and may not necessarily apply to your particular situation, since of course every construction project is different. Therefore, I would strongly recommend that before you undertake any sort of construction project or sign any agreements or appointments that you seek professional advice. In our previous podcasts, we talked about why you should have written contracts and appointments, along with why standard form appointments and contracts typically need to be amended. In this podcast, we'll talk about collateral warranties, what they are, why they are needed, and how they are linked to appointments and contracts. Collateral warranties, words which evoke dread in most construction professionals. Often, warranties are characterized as an administrative overhead and an unnecessary burden on the project team. However, not only are collateral warranties typically required by lenders, whenever you do not have a direct contractual relationship with a designer or a contractor involved with a major package of the works, you need to obtain a collateral warranty. So what is a collateral warranty? Basically, it's an agreement between a member of a construction team and a party who has some interest in the works, for example, a lender, a future purchaser of the property, or you, the employer. Why are collateral warranties needed? The doctrine of privity of contract provides that only a party to a contract can enforce the obligations under the contract. So let's say you are building a new house and that your contractor hires a specialist subcontractor, say to do the piling. Of course, you took my advice from my previous podcasts, and so you have a contract with your contractor. However, you will not have a direct contractual relationship with the piling subcontractor, since it is the contractor who engages the piling subcontractor. Why is this a problem? You've hired a contractor to undertake the work, and you have a robust contract with that contractor. So if something is done incorrectly, you can seek recourse against the contractor for any defective works, right? Well, that's true. The problem is something might happen to your contractor. For example, it might become insolvent. In such a situation, you might need to be able to seek redress directly from the piling subcontractor, which can be rather difficult if you do not have a direct contract with the subcontractor. Alternatively, if the subcontractor has not finished its works, you might want to step into the contractor's shoes, in the case the contractor becomes insolvent, in order to have the subcontractor finish off the piling works based on the existing subcontract between the contractor and the subcontractor. While you're concerned with the contractor's solvency, your lender is concerned about yours. Your lender needs to protect its investment in your home as well as any monies that it lends to you for the development. Therefore, in the unlikely event of you becoming insolvent, a collateral warranty provides a form of security to your lender. It is through collateral warranties that a beneficiary, such as you or your lender, obtains direct contractual relationships with the members of the construction team either to seek recourse for defective works or for the ability to step into an existing contract in the case of a party's insolvency. One of the most important yet often overlooked elements of collateral warranties is understanding that they are collateral to an existing contractor appointment. 
This means that robust written appointments, contracts, or subcontracts are necessary since it is the provisions within those documents that are being warranted in a collateral warranty. Using our piling subcontractor example, if your contractor does not have a written subcontract with the piling subcontractor, or if the written subcontract is either unclear or deficient in its provisions, your ability to claim against the piling subcontractor in case of defective works might be extremely limited, even if you have a collateral warranty. Yet another reason why proper written appointments and contracts are required for construction projects. Typically, lenders have their own forms of warranty, and there are industry standard forms, for example from JCT or the Construction Industry Council, otherwise known as CIC. As with standard form appointments and contracts, generally these industry standard forms of warranty need to be altered to make the documents institutionally acceptable. Various of the provisions within collateral warranties are fairly standard. The warrantor warrants that it has undertaken its works or services in accordance with its appointment or contract. Furthermore, depending on the nature of its role, the warrantor agrees to maintain either professional indemnity insurance or product liability insurance with a specified limit of indemnity for a particular period of time. And warranties in favor of lenders and employers typically contain rights to step into the original appointment or contract in certain circumstances. The key elements of contention within collateral warranties tend to be revocation of copyright for non-payment, net contribution clauses, and no greater liability clauses. Although the detail of the meaning of these provisions is outside of the scope of this podcast, the reason these clauses cause issues is because they limit a beneficiary's ability to claim under the collateral warranty, generally based on factors which are arguably outside of the beneficiary's control. Therefore, you should always seek legal advice before agreeing any form of warranty in order to ensure that your rights are in no way impacted by the wording used within that warranty. The issue for contractors and consultants is that a collateral warranty is in and of itself a separate contract, which therefore increases the contractor's or consultant's risk. As such, there is nothing wrong with And in fact, I would always recommend that any party to a collateral warranty review the document and take legal advice if needed to understand the provisions contained within the warranty. So in this podcast, we've discussed collateral warranties, what they are, why they are needed, and how they interact with contracts and appointments. Not only will your lender likely want collateral warranties, whenever a key element of your project is being undertaken by somebody with whom you do not have a direct contractor appointment, you need a warranty. However, you must also remember that a collateral warranty itself is not enough, since a warranty is only as good as the underlying contractor appointment. Hence the reason I harped on in previous podcasts about the need for proper written appointments and contracts within construction projects. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and will join us again next time.